You're listening to Better Ideas. I'm Pete Calhoun. Now, over the past few weeks, we've covered bees, wine, condensation, intergenerational living, and sustainable living. Now, if you've missed any episode, go back and you can catch up. And while you're there, subscribe so you don't miss another one. Now, this week, I'm testing Chippy Brothers, Tim and Matt from House Rules, on their design terminology. Now, don't worry, we won't be talking shabby chic. Matt and Tim, welcome to Better Ideas. As carpenters who are doing all these renovations, how are you dealing with all the commentary and all the criticism? (laughs) (laughs) Look, the criticism, yeah, I suppose you welcome it a little bit because as we're sort of still novice designers, we've done a lot of construction throughout our life, um, but we haven't had a lot of experience in design. So we do like the criticism to some extent, but it is hard just hearing someone pick apart your work. (laughs) Well, you have all these terms thrown at you, don't you? I mean, things are described in all sorts of sort of fancy, fancy ways. Let's start with a few of them. When someone says, I want to build something in a modern sort of way, I mean, that is so broad. I mean, what does that mean? I think most people just think modern is like, is new, you know, what what's, you know, what's happening now. Um, but one thing we have learned is modern is, is, is not that actually, it's more, if you're going to go for something that's new, it's actually more of a contemporary look. So that's yeah. It's been really uh, an eye-opening experience learning what all these different things mean. I'm an architect, and so I, I I had to learn a lot of these terms. And modern sort of stems back to the Bauhaus and modernism and Cabousier and all the great twenty mid-century. Can you say that again? <laughs> <laughs> see, I've already co- see. I get I'm drive myself mad talking about all this sort of stuff. But for people who are new to design, I mean, these are just terms and labels we try and pigeonhole different types of styles of design. So modern design or modernism is, you know, that pared back, very minimalist type of design. But it stems back to sort of really strong philosophies which influence a whole lot of 20th century design. And now all of a sudden builders are expected to know what, Modernism is. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's unfair if you ask me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's very unfair. Um, it's been a very sharp learning curve for us, I can tell you that much. Yeah. Mm. What about contemporary? When someone says, I want to design something contemporary, what do you guys think of? Well, contemporary, I used to think it was the same as modern, but I learned pretty quickly that they are different. You know, they are sort of interchangeable in some way, or some people think they're interchangeable, but we've it's learned pretty quickly. Yeah, like it's, yeah. yeah, it's more about the now. So we've learned quickly that... Uh, you won't just get away with doing modern and contemporary. Oh, you know well. what? It's a complete wank. Yeah. Let me tell you. I'll t- tell you why. You took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I mean, I'm happy to. But, but contemporary is so broad. It can mm. mean absolutely anything. You, you design something today or tomorrow. It's contemporary because you've designed it today. Let's keep going. Minimalist. I mean, that's self-explanatory, isn't it? <laughs> minimalist. Um, it's, I think it's for one thing I've learned with minimalist, it's, it's a very fine line between – a very good minimalist design and boring. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Has one of the judges come up to you guys and said, "Oh, let's do something minimalist," or that that's um, um, that's speaking to me in a minimalist way? I, we, I think we have heard the term minimalist get thrown around, but we actually haven't been asked to do anything minimalist, which has been good because um, I think one thing we have learned uh, being on house rules is. Design is all about interpretation, no matter whether it's Scandinavian, whether it's minimalist, whether it's contemporary, it's all about how that person's actually interpreting it. And that's um, one thing that uh, with design, like you you might interpret Scandinavian differently to my, how I would interpret it. Um, so I think that's one thing we've learned uh, going through the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in, in beauty like art is in the eye of the beholder. Have they asked you or 
come across an industrial. Well, uh, industrial is one of our favourites, actually, mm. uh, when it's done properly. It can be taken a bit literally, true, but yeah, there is definitely uh, industrial does come up in the in the competition. Industrial, I suppose, you know, stems to you know, exposing some of the mechanics of, of building works, exposing the pipes, exposing the living things without without too much decoration. I mean, that that gets back to, to pure building, and, and I'd imagine you being carpenters and builders appreciate the textile nature of materials and that's getting back to celebrating the inherent nature of industrial yeah it's definitely what we love about the industrial it's all about the rawness of you know the concretes the bricks the steel um and just bringing those into a design and in a sophisticated way it's not just about you know just chipping off you know some plaster off a wall um but it's just bringing all those together and even adding pops of color and giving it life i think um there is a challenge i think as well in using industrial because there is a fine line where you can go well over the top and then it becomes too cold it doesn't become warming because when you're doing it in a home especially a family home that style can be a little bit overpowering so you've got to do it in a way that it you know that it still suits where you're putting it i guess adding recycled timbers and things like that is a really good way we find that um yeah, you can you can bring some life and warmth to the space because definitely industrial is one that can be misinterpreted. I think you, you guys might, would make good architects. I mean, this, <laughs> this is a very very good answer. All right, let's get on to some real technical stuff. Let's get into some mid century modern. <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, look, I think mid century is pretty obvious. I think yep. it's sort of going back to those sort of fifties and sixties. But I think yeah, it's sort of getting that real modern spin and using those sort of that furniture and you know that back then it was very simple furniture, but it was. You know, soft. You get a lot of soft furnishings, and yeah, I think for me, uh, it's it's a really clever design for the, these days. It's very popular. Yeah, what do you think, Matt? I mean, it's sort of. Yeah, I think um, I suppose with like a normal modern, you you sort of more towards like the straight lines and the you know clean lines. But with mid-century, it can sort of have the sort of the curved lines, and it's more mm-hmm. about yeah, sort of using patterns and textures, and just it can have a bit more of a colourful colour palette as well, rather yep. than just something plain and. You know, sort of neutral. Like it's got a lot of character. It's got a lot of character, yeah. Well, mid-century modernism did, did pair back to, to basic materials. And mid-century modernism did start to introduce a lot of the outdoor space, you know, in connecting those indoor-outdoor sort of thresholds. Yeah. So that's what mid-century modernism – so it was very relevant to Australia, so to, to encourage the outdoor living. That That, that is as much – to do with midterm modernism as, as well as the materials. The other thing too is people forget is that great mid-century modernists use stone. They use like sandstone. Seidler yeah, did yeah. this as an anchoring point. So you still used an ancient material to anchor the design around all these modern glass walls and, and, and straight lines. It's actually one of – it's apart from the industrial side of things, if, that, if mid-century modern is done right, it actually looks – it's probably one of those effective design styles for me. I mean, yep. bringing those stones in yep. with those, you know, powder-coated uh, black, say, black windows and things like that can really have a massive effect on a home and um, can make a, a modern home feel like a home, you know, like not so much a house. Mm. I think that's um, really important. Yeah, because you, uh, because it's still, it started to celebrate light, getting light into the into the house and opening up that, that outdoor space and celebrating nature within design, within a simple frame. They're often very simple open plans, mid-century modernism, and that's why I think we relate to them. Have you used any mid-century stuff in your design so far? 
Oh, well, I suppose we used... Um, we had actually had a Scandi brief, a Scandinavian or Nordic brief in a house in Adelaide. We were a bit challenged with the space because it was a bit awkward and you couldn't go your traditional sort of square dining table. So we sort of racked our brains and we, we sort of thought maybe a, a concrete round table might actually work in that space. It's probably not traditionally Scandi to go a concrete round, but we sort of yeah, incorporated that, which I think is probably a bit more mid-century modern. And it sort of blended really nicely in that space. And I think it was just a nice balance to sort of... It sort of offset the timbers and yeah. there's a lot of timber and things in the, in, the, in that, you know, in the adjoining spaces. So bringing in the concrete sort of, it's, it was that raw, round, soft. And we brought some other round sort of artwork and lights and things. It just sort of, it really sort of softened the space and, and made it feel a bit bigger actually. You've hit on a very important point. People have this idea of concrete being a hard, cold material. In the right hands, it's quite liquid and, and quite sculptural. And what you've done is use concrete to help soften a space, if I'm hearing you correctly. Yeah, we, yeah, we did actually, yeah. 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 yeah it, was like bring, it was bringing that other material in, uh, even though it was concrete, it still did soften the space because, one, for the shape of it, if it was like a big square concrete table, yeah. it may not have worked as well as we wanted it to. But the fact we used a round concrete table, it really did soften the space. And it just goes to show you, concrete's not necessarily a, a harsh surface. It can actually add add some depth to the space too. The concrete, very versatile material as well. Great architects call it liquid stone because you can, you can shape it in, into any form you like. How did you create the curves in your table? Oh, no, we bought the table. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we have no time to form up a, form up a round Terrific. table. Remember, it's a seven-day reno. It's not an eight-week reno. Traditional. <laughs> Traditional architecture. Yeah, okay, so yeah. That sort of encompasses, obviously, anything of period nature. When someone said, I want to design something in a traditional way, it's very relevant for restorations and a lot of alterations and additions when you're trying to tie something into an older house. This traditional type of style. What do you think of? Oh, like the Victorian Federation style. I mean, we're from Melbourne, so there's a lot of that you know, around where we live. And it's a beautiful style. Like if it's done properly, um, it can look amazing. One thing that a lot of people do these days is when they do it, they don't do it properly and it actually looks worse. Mm. So I think a lot of it, in a lot of houses in Melbourne, a lot of those Victorian, they'll actually have the, they'll restore the front of the house. If they do an extension, they'll actually do a modern or a contemporary yes. extension at the back. And that still looks really great. Mm. I mean, rather than trying to... Make a uh, clean break. Yeah, like rather than trying to replicate something that was so, it was perfect, but these days it's not looking perfect. To try and replicate it and make it look perfect sort of looks worse. Is that, am mm. I making sense? It's mm. sort of traditional style is just like that fretwork, you know, those ornate sort of uh, features in the house, the, sh- the double hung windows, mm. uh, weatherboards, and all those sort of uh, ornate sort of features, I think. Matt, do you like doing that sort of stuff as a carpenter? I mean, it's, it's very time intensive, I'd imagine, all those old details. Yeah, it's very time consuming, but it is good to do something different because, I mean, sometimes that work, it can be repetitive, especially if you do like framing for a house, for example, that can be very repetitive work. Yeah. Yeah, when you get to do some work on those old houses, you sort of you learn new skills. You have to implement new skills. I think it takes a better carpenter to sort of do that sort of stuff and do it well because it can be pretty tricky. I think what? you appreciate you appreciate the work that actually went into those houses, yeah. and and the fact they use bluestone and you know all those other sort of uh, harsher materials to, that still don't look harsh because mm. they've got all those ornate features. I think. On the street, you often have to match the the style to make you know, a- yeah. approvals easier, if, if nothing else. Now, one term, well, I'll give you my opinion in a minute, French 
country. <laughs> Why would anyone be trying to design oh, something French country? <laughs> what does it mean and what have you done to try and respond to French country? Um, look, I'll be honest, in this competition so far, no house rule has called for French country. Thank so God. Thank <laughs> God for that. Um, I don't think we'd be very good at it. <laughs> I've never uh, been to the French country. There'll be, be a lot of Googling, I can assure you that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you've been following my Garden versus Peter challenge, well, not much has grown yet, but stick with me. Stick with me. We're nearly there. Things will start popping out of this soil, I'm sure, soon. You can follow the photos if you're using the Acast app. Just simply download the app and use it to play all your great podcasts. You can also follow on Instagram, hashtag gardening versus Peter. You're listening to Better Ideas, and I have Matt and Tim from House Rules, and we're still talking design styles. Now, Bohemian's another style that we hear that sort of... There's been a bit of that. Bohemian. What's that mean? Uh, When I hear a Bohemian or boho, I always just think of like Moroccan patterns and textiles and stuff like that. I always just think of like a foreign country, basically. (laughs) Um, We've seen a couple of teams attempt it. Really? It wasn't really on brief, though, so... (laughs) Uh, yeah, but anyway. Um, so if it goes haywire, it's bohemian. Yeah, it's just boho. Yeah, it's just boho. Yeah. yeah, they've just strayed away from the coastal and gone straight for the boho. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So have you had to deal with anyone throwing the rustic term at you? Rustic. No, we haven't really had a rustic rustic term um, thrown at us. Probably a good thing because I'm – yeah, I don't think that would have sort of suited anyone's house. It falls into that <laughs> yeah. industrial category, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 for sure. Here's another one. Please tell me no one has asked you to design Hollywood glam. Oh, boy. Oh, no. uh, <laughs> yeah, well, there is a team oh, that Pete, is. Pete and Courtney's would have been far. It was very opulent. Very was opulent, it? Yeah. yeah. So there was a lot of, I feel like, you know, a lot of bling and velvets and, and those sort of. Uh, Austin Powers. Yeah, that sort of. wasn't quite that far, but yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Definitely opulent. They had a house rule that was give us bold and opulent. So uh, a few different teams interpreted that differently. We <laughs> sort of more went for like, uh, I guess, still re- relatively modern, and but a couple of teams sort of went more for the, uh, yeah, the glamorous sort of thing like velvet curtains and velvet chairs. Wayne, and, Wayne Scotting and Wayne in an 1980s uh, square. Three <laughs> yeah. um, galley home. Yeah, lots of lots of gold <laughs> and yeah, lot, yeah, very over the top. Moody metallics. Yeah. yeah, lots of marble and stuff like that. Hollywood glam, hey? We did mm. paint a, a whole room blue, but <laughs> <laughs> blue the ceiling. Yeah. And it, it, it went off. It came off all right. Yeah. No, um, judges liked it. Though. Hollywood glam, good, good, and we ticked that one. Okay, now. Coastal Hamptons, though. Coastal Hamptons, to me, is a coastal style. I mean, I've, I've visited and designed a few coastal homes in my time, but people try and describe things as Hamptons. What does this mean to you? Oh, I think it's a very common common home in Australia these days. Everyone sort of mixes the Hamptons sort of style through their home. See, this drives me mad. <laughs> this drives me mad. Why will we be referring to some sort of coastal community outside of New York when we have some of the greatest coastal architects in I Australia. Don't under, re- I don't understand it. No. What are some of the great ideas you've seen on the show, some of the interior design ideas you reckon oh, really all, resonated? All ours. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, we, we had a coastal, for the girls' house, we did a coastal sort of theme. Um, it was a very coastal theme, house rules. We tried to incorporate some pretty original ideas in there. Like Our pride and joy was a feature what we did in the girls' house. Um, we still think that was one of our, our better ideas. But a lot of the other teams sort of took it and ran with it. And um, I suppose the interior design, it's like there's a fine line with coastal, I feel like. Like you don't want to make it 
you don't want to make it nautical and tacky. Mm. Coastal, I feel like you just want to use the elements. You want to use the, the beautiful color palette and try and sort of immerse yourself in it without making it tacky. Yeah, yeah. Um, which can be missed, I think. A lot of people can make coastal very tacky. And what, what have you learned in terms of, you know, two carpenters and you're very handy, obviously, on the tools, but in terms of interior design and some of the really interesting ideas, what have you learned? Colour is very important. <laughs> oh, so important. And don't be afraid and, and to cheap. use wallpaper because <laughs> <laughs> it's less painting. Um, it's been, it was a sharp sort of learning curve for, curve for us. In terms of interior design, uh, we, we were always pretty good with space and working space and how the space is going to be used. That was something we were quite already good at. So it was just more building on, yeah, working out what colours are really great together, you know, including textures and curves to soften sharp lines and, and going with our gut. I think that was one thing we learned just to go with our gut rather than sort of second guess yourself. So yeah, we've, we've definitely learned a lot about ourselves, but in terms of interior design, it's been more about the colours and, and all that sort of stuff. What about you, you mate, in, in, in the fair income world, when you get go back and start, you know, doing renovations, alterations and additions, you know, building some, some homes from scratch, what principles will you be taking from the show, do you think? Oh, don't yeah, just nothing. Now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, we've, I, I ta- one thing that I've I've actually got a, like a, a newly ignited love for like just interior design in the sense of like styling and stuff. Now, like mm. I just love, I just like the first thing I'll do when I go home is just restyle my entire land room. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm just going to go. I don't know if I can say that. I'll go to a dares and I'll just go nuts and I'll go buy a whole bunch of like in, indoor plants and go bananas. Honestly, like I. <laughs> Love it now. I just think there was nothing, something that we never tried. Um, and then after trying it, it's just like ignited, yeah, ignited a passion. I think Tim's the same. He's mm. sort of, he's really, yeah, got on board with it. Like once you create a space, it's, it's one thing. Like we've always just built stuff, like constructed a room. But we've never had the chance to go in there and, and tell a story in that room. And that's what I love the most, just going in there and trying to, yeah, tell a story and, and make a room for somebody that they can love and grow in. It's actually, yeah, it's really Well, it's special. like you could design an amazing house yeah. mm. and the person can go on and furnish it and style it and change the whole look of that house yep. when you walk in and then the feel. I think one thing I, I, I definitely have learned is when you walk into a room and how I judge a room is how it makes me feel. Mm. When you walk in, how that makes me feel. And if you don't furnish it and style it the way in which it's going to give you the right, right feeling, like if you could have a, a, you know, a vision when you design a, a house if it doesn't feel how you want it to feel, it sort of it's, it doesn't do that house justice, and that's probably um, one thing I have really learnt and got on board with. A lot of architects these days are very, very big on joinery, so they control the <laughs> layout of the interior yeah. space. Because you're, you're exactly right, because architects release these houses to their clients, and they come back six months later, and they can't believe they've used this rug on that carpet. And mm. I said, "Listen, you've got to let it go." And they said, "No, do all the inbuilt joinery. Then they have to use the rooms <laughs> like this." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a fair call. I mean, if I was, I did originally early days wanted to be an architect and I'd probably be doing this exact same thing because it is like your baby. You obviously spend a lot of time designing it and I know it's for the client, but at the end of the day, it's a lot of that hard, you know, blood, sweat and tears you put into that design and to see it sort of not live up to your standard as I suppose it'd be uh, hard to deal with, but I guess there'd be a point you'd have to let it go, I reckon. <laughs> what about if you're embarking on a career in architecture in any artistic form, particularly as a stylist, you got to be open for criticism. You got to have you got to have a thick skin. How are you guys dealing with that? Who's the worst judge? Who can't you stand? <laughs> What's the worst thing they've said to you? Oh, we we've, um, we've at, been pretty lucky. Yeah, <laughs> at the start, we got pretty heavily slammed for our styling because we didn't put enough emphasis on it. But as the show's gone on, the judges have really started, to, especially Wendy. She's it's it's very nice getting a compliment from Wendy, especially on your styling, especially on your styling. <laughs> yeah, you bet. Running a you know a, a 
uh, interior design magazine and she's giving you big props for your styling. So um, that was always nice. But yeah, sometimes you still have some misses and sometimes she's <laughs> still getting... LLB's thrown a few curveballs at us. Yeah, LLB. Who's that? LLB's, uh, he's, yeah. he's thrown a few curveballs at us. Half the time, we can't understand what he's actually saying. So <laughs> whether it's good or bad, usually if you're saying it with a smile, I hope it's good, but... <laughs> <laughs> and and what, is, what are some of the tips that, that they have given you? You say, yeah, that, fair enough. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, I guess the main one at the start was our use of colour. Um, Wendy was pretty critical on our use of colour. Um, so the other judges, we just yeah, we'd never really had much experience in trying to match colours and you know doing that. So it's more or doing it so fast or yeah, doing it so hard. quick. You don't have time to go and um, get you know pots and sample pots. But I think we're we were one of the first to do it. We did it at the girls' place. We actually put some paint on the walls just to mm. test because we, you know, we didn't want to make a mistake. So <laughs> um, I think Carolyn came in. So you're the first person on, I think, on House Rules that's actually done that and gone and got sample pots to try the colour before we actually put it on because it do, it can massively change the room. I think the other thing about it being in the building industry, design industry, is not only having a thick skin but be able to communicate your ideas to, to a client, to a prospective client in a simple way. And if you're in any doubt, in designing space, I believe it's what you leave out is just as important potentially as what you put in. 100%. Yeah. Not, not over-designing a space. I think someone said everything should be as simple as possible but not simpler. It's just striking that <laughs> yeah. balance. Oh, yeah, then that's, probably one, yeah, yeah. that's definitely one of the challenges I think a few teams have had. We did get a compliment of, of that was one of our actual strengths. We knew when to sort of pull back and not just throw too many things into a space um look at it being carpenters it is quite easy to get carried away and just want to build these you know and design these amazing things but we you sort of got to get back to that it's seven days on house rules and uh it has did bring sun down a few times you always obviously learn a lot and you learn a lot from from your mistakes generally what's the biggest boo-boo you've made (laughs) (laughs) biggest boo-boo maddie boo-boo um Trying to just quickly go through all the houses. And <laughs> think about Where do we start? I oh, know. Oh, I know the biggest boo boo. Um, at the girls' house uh, in the laundry, um, oh, yeah. we were racking our brains in the laundry about uh, putting something on a wall for the girls that could sort of fold away, or we could, you could sort of put it on a pulley, and it was like a wetsuit thing. And it was pretty poorly designed and it was rushed. And um, I didn't like, I think I put it together in like the last 15 minutes. Yeah, and it was basically like this thing with a pulley and it just, it was terrible. Uh, <laughs> I think La- Lawrence said it was we, something from like the 19th century or something. Yeah. It was just. Lawrence got creative with his um, vocabulary <laughs> describing it. Um, right. But that was probably one of the things we wish we just sort of maybe put some art on that wall and yeah. just walked away. <laughs> I think it comes back to if you can't do it properly, don't do it. Yeah. Like, 100%. You know, and that's probably one thing we've learned. If you, if you can't do it properly and how you want to do it, then just leave it out. Don't do it because it'll be worse. The great American architect Frank Lloyd Wright said, look, if you don't like it, just put a plant there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we've used that philosophy a few times. Yeah, definitely. It's getting very competitive. Are you competitive by nature, you two? Oh, look, we don't like to lose, um, but, you know, we, we're not going to lose our moral compass uh, in doing so. So we're competitive, but, um, yeah, we're not going to uh, step on anyone to, to win. Well, boys, thanks for coming in, sharing some of your design tips and your insights into the crazy world of design terminology. <laughs> oh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for Good you. luck with the rest of the series. Yeah, thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. Thanks much. a lot. Tim and Matt from House Rules, good blokes they are. Now, you can watch all the House Rules action and the teams battle it out on Sundays at 7pm and Mondays at 7.30pm on The 7 Network. Now, in a few weeks' time, I'll be speaking to TDP herself. That's the tiny design princess, Caroline Burns-McCrave. 
Now, she's the design mentor on House Rules. She's been there for every single series. She's been there holding the team's hands as they decorate all these wonderful homes. And she'll be explaining to us some of these crazy house rules. In modern comes from the Bauhaus, earlier 20th century. There's rules Try with modern. telling right? teams that modern means modern and not whatever's on special at Harvey Norman this oh, week. Oh, God. Now, next week, my friend and colleague, architect Renato Diatore, comes in with one of the most prosaic, poetic chats of concrete you've ever heard. If you think concrete is just grey stuff, wait till you hear Renato talk about it. He talks about it with passion, his Italian upbringing. We cover the Carrera marbles of Michelangelo to modern day design. That's a chat not to be missed with Renato Diatore. Now with winter setting in, this week on Better Homes and Gardens, Friday night at 7pm, Ed does a slow roasted pork with mandarin sauce, jacket potatoes, warm bean and mandarin salad. If that's not a nourishing, better idea, I don't know what is. That's this Friday night on Better Homes and Gardens. Now, don't forget to subscribe. Let your friends know. We'd love to hear from you too. Email me at podcast at seven. That's podcast at seven.com.au with any of your better ideas. Now, Better Ideas is a Seven West Media production. Loretta Farrell is the producer. Nikki Hamilton's the executive producer. And I'm your host, Pete Calhoun. <laughs>